1: Welcome everyone, we're back with Neo Reality Collective. I'm your host, Eric Brown, and today we're talking about the 39th episode of our podcast, and we're going over a ton of news, 26 articles, and a good chunk of it Star Wars related, so naturally I will most likely rant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's not a series out there that has given me more passion and more anger towards a series than Star Wars, besides WWE and all their stuff, which is kind of telling. So, yeah. Let's start off with the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. There is said to be a love story dynamic between Vader and Kenobi. Speaking to Vanity Fair, the showrunner of Obi-Wan Kenobi limited series, Deborah Chow said, Obi-Wan and Anakin's factory bond is compelling because of the love they once felt for one another and the dynamic between them is what led to Chow to feel Christensen's casting of Darth Vader was a necessity saying in a quote for me across the prequels through the original trilogy there's a love story dynamic that those two that go that goes through the whole thing i felt like it was quite hard to not include the person who left kenobi in such anguish in the series it seems that the show could explore everyone's lingering feelings for anakin as Chow says the one certainly still cares about him I don't know how you could not. I don't think that he will ever not care about him. What's so special about the relationship is that they loved each other. Christian also said some lie how the show would explore Vader's psyche post Revenge of the Sith, saying we could see a new vulnerable side to the character. <sighs> okay. A lot of my conversations with Deborah were, were, about wanting to convey the, this feeling of strength, but also coupled with imprisonment. There's this power and vulnerability, and I think it's an interesting space to explore. <sighs> okay. This is something that kind of annoys me a little bit, because you kind of already done this before. You've done all this before in the past stories. It's just been done in comics, video games, uh, other drama TV shows that briefly touched on it. The most famous one being Darth Vader seeing C3PO after over 20 years in the old Legends continuity. It, it just feels like they don't see, like, like, everything, like, they won't say it. It's like they can't say, oh, well, we did this before. It's just we can't talk about it it feel I would not be surprised as he told everyone to not talk about the old continuity because oh well well because we don't deserve the can and therefore it doesn't count which just kind of spits in the face for 30 years of the content that was produced to keep the fans busy except unless you're being very selective but uh yeah it's it's kind of annoying. Also, like Kathleen Kennedy, the Lucasfilm president, who I certainly don't have an issue with in terms of how she portrays everything in the universe, when it comes to Star Wars, because we can't just have everything go right, uh, came out and said that Ryan Johnson's trilogy, Star Wars trilogy is on hold, but they're still going on to still going to happen, saying Ryan has been busy, been unbelievably busy with Knives Out and the deal he has made for Netflix for multiple movies. So, yeah, that was when the streaming company shelled out $450 million last year to purchase the rights to the two Night Out sequels with director Ryan Johnson returning for both of those films putting his trilogy on star wars in the back burner meaning there's no dates or timelines to when the first film will be released it doesn't currently feature lucasfilm's immediate roadmap for the future cat kennedy even hinted that the trilogy format might be on its way out uh we'll we'll get to that uh yeah this is um i'll talk about that we haven't had a star wars movie since rise of skywalker and i need to get that bad taste out of my mouth but uh yeah also, this is a thing that started to annoy me. Like, they started saying that Obi-Wan Kenobi, the director of it, says that the, show, that the show is compared to like Joker and Logan, like their deep character studies. It's just, there were deep character studies before Joker and Logan. Why can't you just say it's going to be a gritty, deep character story on this? It feels like Logan and Joker have just become such the benchmark now that they kind of forget that there were other pretty damn good character stories. Heck, you could make a a statement, old Country Fall Men had a character story to it because of Anton Chigurh and his dark attitude and how he's become since he's focused on the movie a lot. But yeah... They, they say, I think I was most excited about getting the opportunity to do a character-driven story in a similar way. It's a different tone, but something like Joker or Logan, where you take one character out of a big franchise, and then you really have the time to go in a lot deeper with the character. That to me seemed really exciting to do in Star Wars, because, you know, they did dedicate entire two trilogies on Anakin Skywalker's fall to the dark side and his eventual redemption. That's just not true. Oh, God. So, while that was going on, the Hollywood Reporter previously reported that um, Uwe McGregor backed this up in an interview with Eddie Fair, that previously Mary Elizabeth Winst- Weinstead, and has joined the cast of Ahsoka, even with Uwe McGregor confirming it, saying um, saying how it's about to start, or saying, our little boy has was born to this massive Star Wars family, he will either embrace it or really go the other way, I don't know, maybe he'll be a trackee. uh, yeah, this is part of that whole big promotion they were started to do when they did this whole crossover kind of vibe to it in the in their art in their magazine. And I just still think we should still do a multiverse. But um yeah. But here we go about the more annoying aspect of this whole thing. Kathleen Kennedy came out, speaking to Vanity Fair saying uh, about the new master plan for Star Wars franchise as humanity Lucasfilms navigating a new path after regrouping and mapping out the future. It seems pivot towards television has influenced their film projects, as Kennedy hinted that children's may no longer be the best way to structure their stories. I mean like you didn't even have a structure. You didn't have a we go here, we go here, and we go here. But everything else we plan that we we just wing it on that. But we still have a basic draw line where we can take this. You instead were like, raise the hero, everyone sucks, raise the hero, and we don't know afterwards. But, uh, yeah, enough about my criticism of Rey. She came out and said how Star Wars is now about persistent t- storytelling and not trilogies, which. <sighs> There's something about that st- line that really annoys me because. Okay, this is what she says before I get into that. I do think a little bit of fun has gone out making these gigantic movies, the business, the stakes, everything that's been fused in the last 10 years or so, this kind of a spontaneity and good time that we have to be careful to preserve. We all recognize, every single one of us, that this was a new chapter for the company and that we need to all work out, work together to create the architecture for where we are going. And they now have a roadmap for the future. That roadmap includes uh, Star Wars, some Star Wars movies from the director of Thor, Ragnarok, Patty this rogue squadron, considering that one was delayed indefinitely. Both projects are expected to be standalone films rather than part of a series. And Kennedy even came in and says, I hesitate to use the word trilogies anymore because Star Wars is much more about persistent storytelling. Okay. This is... This is something that is frustrating to hear because it kinda just says we never had a persistent storytelling in Star Wars. Not it was always about the trilogies because that to me I'm not sure if that's what she was intending but that's the vibe I was getting that Star Wars never had a persistent storytelling model, it was always about the trilogies. And yes, the trilogies did revolve around, had the big feature, but everything in between were all about persistent storytelling. We had the Clone Wars, we had Rebels, we had the comics, we had had some extra TV shows, we had some short films even, we even had books. How is that not persistent? Like, like, that's the thing that annoys me. It feels like she's trying to change some aspects of this whole thing and trying to negate the trilogy. To me, I feel like there should be both. Like, persistent storytelling and trilogies, like you have the structure surrounding everything and you have everything built around it to add more meat to the bone. Whereas the sequel trilogy I felt was like, okay, we have the sequel trilogy in mind. We don't know what we're dealing with it so we're gonna just give you the bare bones minimum of a sequel trilogy everything else around it is the big meat chunk uh, of the project which is one of the big reasons i felt the sequel trilogy just did not appeal to me after last jedi happened because force awakens was an okay start but you had to take things differently and then you went with this rather despairing nihilistic outlook on everything to me in The Rise Rise of Skywalker, it starts the story all starts with a lie by Obi-Wan and now it ends with Rey lying and we repeat the cycle it feels like nothing was learned so congrats oh man it's just this thing that annoys me like if you like the sequel trilogy and all the content that came out from it, fine it's just really annoying so Elon Musk who's recently come out in a um, controversial stuff going on for him on his ranting on Twitter so uh, yeah his Twitter bio was on hold cannot move forward until number of bot accounts are verified I mean like did you just get born on the internet and realize what was going on <sighs> So yeah, I feel like he just doesn't know what's going on. So remember Amber Heard and the Johnny Depp defamation trial? Uh, well, apparently Amber Heard came out in her role in Nira and the upcoming Aquaman The Lost Kingdom was significantly dismissed after the uh, smear campaign that Depp performed. Uh, and I use that in quotes as the article even says. As reported by the Entertainment Weekly, the actress says she almost lost her role in the DCEU's Justice League during her third day of testimony in the ongoing defamation trial between Depp and Herd. Say, saying, uh, I had to fight really hard to keep my career after I got my restraining order, I lost opportunities, I got job from jobs and campaigns, I fought to keep my job and the biggest movie opportunity I had to date with Justice League with the option to star in Aquaman, I had to fight really hard to stay in Justice League because that was the time of the divorce, and her contract with, um... With DC and Wonder Rose was a free film option, which will end up including Justice League, Aquaman, and Aquaman 2. I heard also described how a role was part down in Aquaman 2. Seeing I was given the script and given new versions of the script that had taken away scenes that had action in it. Then to my character and another character without giving away any spoilers. Two characters fighting with one another, and they basically took out a bunch of my role. They just removed a bunch out. So, yeah, they diminished Mira. I mean, like, I would have, like... recasted her you could have that you could have princess tiagra from game of thrones go ahead and take the role she looked like she would do well as mira but that that's probably just my opinion (laughs) oh boy meanwhile take two ceo has heard the frustration from the save hashtag save red dead online community and saying uh then the CEO came out and said during a quarterly earnings call, Rockstar Games talks about the updates that are coming and we're working on a lo- awful lot of Rockstar Games. I've heard the frustration is flattering that they want more content and more will be said by Rockstar in due time. When asked if Take Two intended to continue support long long term. Um he reaffirmed that that was the plan and post-publication Take-Two Interactive reached out to clarify that this kind was solely referred to the online service, that any future content updates would be up to Rockstar. So, basically yeah, it's we plan to, we just don't know. <laughs> Great. So, <laughs> so, over oh, well, the past few, few years, Netflix has been kind of on a decline in power, so now they're getting, um, a new idea, They're planning to have Netflix start to explore a new territory, live streaming. According to a report from Deadline, Netflix is currently in the early stages of developing live streaming capabilities for a few of the platform's special. While it's unknown what exactly this feature might be used to stream, Deadline theorized it would come in handy for live reunions for shows like Selling Sunset, live voting for competitive shows like the upcoming Dance 100, and comedy events like Netflix is a joke festival. It's unclear when Netflix's live streaming service will be released or if Netflix intends to follow through with these plans, but it's not the only change the platform's model currently is in the works. In the wake of its largest one day drop ever out to the platform, where it's lost 200,000 subscribers in one quarter, Netflix has been making quite a few changes on the roster. The company recently announced that it plans to host nearly 50 games by the end of 2022. Also, drastically cutting its animation budget, scrapping projects like the adaptation of Bone. The platform also announced potentially introducing cheaper ad support subscription tier by the end of 2022. If you want, I work a podcast, uh, Netflix. You can pay me a quarter of a million dollars each week, and I can come on to your podcast and do some entertainment stuff. Yeah, I bet that was asking too much for them. (laughs) So. Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, this is the part where things get interesting. So someone, in a recent tech demo, YouTuber and developer Infinite Terrible cut together a reel featuring assets from a multitude of artists to create a vision of Night City using Unreal Engine 5. They include S- S- Sarateric Literate Studios, JS Films, with the Z Artcore Studios. I can't pronounce that name. Artem Artificial, J Hill, the Fraction. The artists utilize the artists together all utilize tools like Environment Mega Packs from the Epic Marketplace and the metahumans created from um, Epic, VVX, B- and ZBrush to create an impressively realistic world with graphics that rival the original Cyberpunk 2077. According to the video's caption, the asset utilizes tools like Environment Mega Packs. Okay, that, that was repeated in an article in the statement. While the to Me Magic is just a fan made demo, demo and sadly won't we'll ever see an official release, CD Projekt recently announced their shift to Unreal Engine 5 for the upcoming title, Witcher 4. And the studio's work with Unreal goes well, perhaps we will split from Red Game Engine, which was used for summer 2077, giving way to more projects that could look like, like, the, like the demo reel, despite the original gameplay and everything so it, it, so here's what I'm thinking I feel my opinion on this CD Projekt Rest should should get these people to help them with the, with the marketplace especially with Unreal Engine 5 could say how much they should do with just doing a fan project tech demo they should call these guys and be like okay how much we're working on The Witcher 4 we want you in on this like the community could really do a lot of work on this and I feel like it'd be best if you get these guys on board, and, and just these studios, and just let them de- create. Give them a budget, let them create, and do not go and crash this game like you did last time. Ooh boy. Black Mirror 6 Season 6 is coming back in a de- is for four-lane development. Nearly three years after the fifth season premiere, with just three episodes, Variety claims that the casting is currently underway for the sixth season. As Netflix gives up to once again play host to the dystopian sci fi drama, sources have allegedly pinned the episode count for seasons like fully much bigger than five and will be cinematic in scope, for each installment being trans- treated as an individual film. This news comes to be of a surprise to some people as Black Mirror has lived and left dormant since the last season in 2019. Creator Charlie Brooker also previously expressed that he wasn't in a hurry to write any more stories for the anthology sto- series, though it's possible that his hiatus was prompted by some production right issues. The Tree Publication notes that Brooker and his creative partner started a new production company, Broken Bones, okay. after parting rights with The House of Tomorrow which was backed by by Shine Group, the right to Black Mirror stayed with the former production house, which was then later acquired by Banjee Group. While Netflix heavily invested in the Books and Bones banner, the deal needed to be hammered out, with, hammered out in order for Brooker and Jones to regain access to Black Mirror. The two companies eventually reached an agreement and now licensed its head show to Netflix, giving the creators an opportunity to produce the seeds of the show. <sighs> That's good. That's good. Black Mirror is an interesting concept. I only saw one episode, but I did like how it's dystopian ideas, whatnot, how much technology rules our lives. Oh, God. And every aspect of technology is explored. So we're getting a prequel movie, Prey, which is the prequel to Predator, coming to Hulu this August. And you immediately lost me. It said 300 years... Ago in the world of the Predator or, or whatever. Indigenous actor Amber Midthunder stars as the hero Naru, a warrior who pr- protects her tribe from a claw mouth menace. So, hijinks ensue. So, get ready for that. Finally, before we go on ad break, uh, Ubisoft plans coming to the new PlayStation Plus service. Ubisoft Plus system is coming is coming to its Game Pass servers, Ubisoft Plus, coming to PlayStation. Furthermore, a version of it will be available as part of the new PlayStation Plus Extra and premium subscription tiers. Also, it will be first available on the PlayStation and in the form of Ubisoft Plus Classics, which will come bundled with PlayStation Extra and premium tiers. This version features a curious selection of popular games, 27 available on launch, including Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Division, and For Honor. For Honor! Ubisoft Classics will also be available when the new version of PlayStation Plus launches on June 13th in in America and June 23rd in Europe. While Ubisoft has now officially announced the service, it was semi-revealed when Sony recently announced that Assassin's Creed Valhalla would be part of the new PlayStation Plus service. Uh, Games coming first include Child of Light, Far Cry 3, Far Cry 4, Steep, Deep, Blood Dragon, South Park, The Fractured, You Know What, The Crew 2, Trials Rising, Watch Dogs, and Werewolves Within. Ubisoft promises the classic collection will grow to more than 50 games by the end of 2022 and that there will be more games planned in the future. Furthermore, Ubisoft announced the full version of Ubisoft Plus, which includes more than 100 games, day one releases, premium editions, and is coming to PlayStation and Xbox consoles. No date has been offered for either console, aside from the promise that the service will ultimately be available for PlayStation and Xbox. It is currently only available on PC, Stadia, and Amazon's Lunar Service. And they may have also done some other stuff, but you know we're not going to address that in their eyes. That would indicate some accountability on their end. But we'll have to see where things go from here. I'm your host Eric Brown. We'll be back after these messages. Stay tuned for more. All right, I'll see y'all. So, see y'all in a bit. Take care. We're back, everybody. Let's finish this last episode with the last half of this week's news. So, Marvel Midnight Suns, the game that has been repeatedly delayed and has been uh, to Take Two's banner, uh, may finally have a release date soon, as an official rating has been spotted in South Korea. As reported by Video Game Power, bit Reddit, Reddit user Long John Silver spotted the rating, rating which pegs the XCOM-style game as suitable for those aged 15 years or over. Games are usually only presented to the ratings board like ESRB and Panky once they're complete or near complete say so that an accurate assessment of sustainability can be given and Midnight Sense may be ready to be released. So get ready for that. The game rating and administration committee game Midnight Sense is suitable 15 years or older as it includes bad language and violence towards living things. I'm like possessed dead monsters but okay. For those who love David Tennant's iconic performance as the 10th Doctor Who, he's coming back with Catherine Tate to return to Doctor Who in 2023 as part of the series' 60th anniversary. BBC shared the news in a blog saying one of the most loved pairings in Doctor Who's history of reuniting our filming scenes that are due to air in 2023 to coincide with the show's 60th anniversary celebration. The last time we saw these two, the Doctor had wiped Donna's memory to save her life. He even warned her family that if she ever remembers, she would surely die. So what could possibly bring them back together? We're probably something that will kill them. So, uh, yeah. While he isn't revealing too much, Doctor Who's the showrunner, Russell T. Davis, did tease that this you will be spectacular they're back and it looks impossible first we've announced a new doctor and an old doctor along with the wonderful Donna what on earth is happening maybe this is a missing story or a parallel world or a dream or a trick or a flashback the only thing I can confirm is that it's going to be spectacular as the two of our great stars reunite for the battle of a lifetime or we could do a multiverse route and have every doctor who be canon <laughs> speaking of that new doctor who it was announced that sex education and got Gotua. I'm pretty sure I butchered that completely. I'm sorry. We'll be replacing Jodie Whitt- Whittaker, and we'll, and we'll become the 14th Doctor. Tennant played the 10th doc- the Doctor in three series, and I struggled between 2005 to 2010. And Tate played Donna Noble in series four, and I specials between 2006 to 2010. And remember, Do- David Tennant's time Doctor Who was so iconic and so popular with people that. BBC even considered ending the series entirely because they just thought that was how good it was. They thought that that was it, there was never going to be a chance to replicate this, so we might as well end the series on that. But they managed to be convinced not to end it, and therefore we get this here. Meanwhile, Doctor Strange to the Multiverse of Madness continues to reign atop the domestic weekend box office. And it is bringing in $61 million in its second weekend, as reported by Variety. Doctor Strange has also added 83.5 million internationally, which helped global reach reach $688 million. Dollars. Doctor Strange: and The Multiverse of Madness had the 11th best domestic opening of all time, and the second weekend saw a 67% drop from the first outing. A bit steeper fall than Eternal 61%, Sanchi The Legend of the Ten Rings 52%, but the latest Dr. Strange we also had a much higher opening, so a bigger drop was mostly expected. *G-Works: the Bad Guys took pl- second place with 6.9 and it's for th- four weeks in theaters. The bad guys had grow 66.2 million domestically and 165 globally. Sog the Hedgehog 2 sped to third place with 4.5 million, and a new cover Firestar opened up with 3.8 million. While the Stephen King adaptation didn't cost too much to reduce, it was still said to be a disappointing result. Variety notes that this new take on Firestar earned less than the original 1984 film starring Drew Barrymore, the film that grossed 4.7 million, and that's not adjusted for inflation. Ah, the world, the world. Meanwhile, Epic is set to release a Unreal Engine 5 editor just for Fortnite this year. Tim Sweeney of, of, of Epic Games told Fast Company that around half the players' time in Fortnite is spent playing other users' content, and Epic Games wants to make that experience more fully fledged through the editor and the ability to monetize the custom content. I mean, with the creator support creator thing, I would I would assume that's already monetized. We're going to release the Unreal Engine for Fortnite. The full capabilities that you've seen in Unreal Engine opened up so anybody can build very high quality game content and code and deploy it to Fortnite or having to do, do a deal with us. It's open to everybody. Swinney also added, We're building an economy. We'll support creators actually building businesses around their work and make increasing amounts of profit from the commerce that arises from people playing their content. Ah uh, yes, the insanity that is the gaming industry. The idea of monetizing the Unreal Engine 5 custom content also connects with Epic it. It Games' push to the metaverse and all encompassing digital world with its own economy, which, you know, is collapsing, so that was probably a bad idea. So, uh, good luck with that, Epic. NBC has reportedly offered to merge with EA, NBC Universal reportedly almost merged with Electronic Arts, as Kyle Cass CEO Brian Roberts apparently approached EA a CEO Andrew Wilson, with a proposal to combine the entertainment media with the gaming giant. According to Puck, NBC, Universal, and NEA's lawyers and bankers negotiated for weeks about how a potential merger would take place. The general proposal reportedly had Robert's family take control of the combined company, but with current CEO Andrew Wilson running said company. If Wilson had been the CEO of the merged company, then the current NBC Universal CEO Jeff Shell reportedly would have been given a higher role within Comcast. And Shell was reportedly involved with the discussions as well. During the last month of discussions, the proposals didn't go through due to disagreements surrounding the price of the merger and how it would be structured. But aimed but amid the mergers and acquisitions a trend in the gaming industry right now, EA reportedly spoke with other big companies such as Disney, Apple, and Amazon about potentially being acquired. EA's interest in acquisition was reportedly increased this year since Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard, though the primary concern for any merger for EA will allow Wilson to stay CEO for the combined ent- entity. As recently as March, EA also reportedly opposed Disney-, Disney in order to pursue a more meaningful relationship instead of just simply doing licensing deals as it does with something like the Star Wars games. Spokesperson John Riesberg didn't comment on this specific rumor, but provided a statement to Puck saying, we are proud of operating from a position of strength and growth with a portfolio of amazing games built around a powerful IP made by incredibly talented teams and network more than half a million players and we see a very bright future ahead. If they had joined up with Universal, I'm pretty sure that's that would have been the end of the Dota 2K deal since Dota has a deal with NBC Universal through the Peacock service and that would have been a much more easier access to deal with them instead of just expanding their revenue streaming costs to... To uh, uh, T.K. and take two. God help us all. Meanwhile, when July rolls around for the second half of Stranger Things season, season four, or Stranger Things four, the finale will be a two and a half hours long movie-length feature. Er, ouch. <laughs> oh boy. I so yeah volume one will carry the bulk of the episodes of season season four or seven while volume two will have two episodes which will be the longest of the season and probably even the so since uh <laughs> yeah they're going for two and a half hours long Meanwhile the popular multiverses game that's coming it, that's been that's coming out with a closed alpha beta and soon will have an open beta. Uh, <laughs> uh so people wanna see more characters burning in like John Oliver and Tony Soprano for the uh, Smash the what was said to be a surprisingly impressive Warner Brothers Smash Brothers game alike and multiverses. So Arya Stark, famously bi- in the character in the famously violent, sexually explicit TV show of Game of Thrones, as absolutely find your appearance in the game, people want to see characters like Tony Soprano and John Oliver involved. Uh, Unless the other people were mentioning, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, that's saying something, Uh, Anderson Cooper, I'd be like, we'll be beating up news commentary, oh, Kenny Omega, yeah, that would be awesome, get AEW involved in that, that would be great publicity, man, I'm hoping to play Multiverses, we'll see when it comes up, when I get allowed to play it, but it does look promising and pretty damn good. According to lead actor Norman Reedus, Hideo, Hideo Kojima is working on the sequel to Death Stranding, saying, We just started working on the second one. Reedus told totally Leo Edit via. Deeblum on T-Winner when asked about Death Stranding, it took maybe two or three years to finish all the mocap sessions and everything. It takes a lot of work, and then the game came out, and it just won all these rewards, and it was a huge thing, so we just started part two of that. Reedus, who started the original, has seemingly leaked what would have been a su- surprising sequel on us, but despite selling a considerable 5 million, Kojima Productions required been quiet about its future projects. So... Yeah, way to go, he just gave away a surprise. GameStop is being fi- sued by a former employee over New York labor laws. Well, basically, that's that's a given. Uh, as reported by Polygon, Trevor Mack worked for GameStop for 2016 to 2020 filed a lawsuit in New York's Eastern District on May 18th this year claiming the retailer is in violation of New York labor law. Under Section 11191, workers classified as manual laborers must be paid every week, but GameStop employees pay are paying its employees every two weeks. The main point of contention will likely be over GameStop employees being acknowledged as manual laborers or not. New York described defines these as a mechanic, a working man, or a laborer who does physical labor for more than 25% of their working day. New York's Department of Labor definition is also ambiguous. U.S. literally stating that the definition can include countless physical tasks. Max lawsuit claims that GameStop, therefore, do qualify as manual labor, saying that more than 25% of the job requires to do manual labor, including organization stock stockroom, moving packages, and staying during long shifts. Beyond the lawsuit, GameStop has been struggling in recent years due to declines in physical gaming space, perhaps prompting its latest venture into the metaverse with the creation of its NFT marketplace, while the industry completely collapses on that front. Meanwhile, as the Godzilla Apple TV Plus series is taking place, they landed in Matt Sh- Sh- Shakman, the director of WandaVision, to produce the TV series. Direct the first two episodes of service executive producer, as reported Did er- earlier this week, the M- the show will follow the events of 2014 Godzilla, where Godzilla and Muros met in San Francisco for a massive battle. One fan will have to drive into its past to uncover its secret connection to the global organization known as Monarch. The series is co-created by Chris Blake. Black, a writer of Star Trek Enterprise, Outcast and Mad Fraction, and writer of comics such as Hawkeye, The Defenders, and the Secret Criminals. Black will also serve as the showrunner for the series. Yay! So Matt Fraction, aka the guy who should be getting paid royalty fees because Hawkeye, the T- the Disney Plus series, is having stuff he ha- he created involved, so uh, you know he's never gonna get paid. In fact, in fact, a good portion of the MCU's multiverse side is probably gonna be based off of Hickman's work, so Hickman's gonna get zilch. So uh, yeah, Gearbox has nine AAA games in development as owner Embracer Group continues to grow. So, yeah, considering what's been going on, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Continues to gearbox in a press release came out, continues to scale the organization to deliver on its ambitious growth plan. There are currently nine AAA games under development. Soon they'll work on quadruple A games, and then we'll be doomed. We know Tales of the Borderlands 2 is on its way from Gearbox itself, but again, the smaller narrative led maybe may not to be considered AAA by some, I'm pretty sure it would be considering there's a lot of development process in it and a lot of money to be invested in this, since this is a Telltale Games sequel, but we'll have to see on that front. Last, fine, last but not least, uh, Battlefield 2042 has removed a 128-player breakthrough multiplayer on PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC removing the 128 breakthrough and will stick with the 64-player count version. The change will be reflected in Update 4.1 when it releases on May 19th. When reviewing the available experiences in All Out Warfare, we felt that the 128 players is celebrated for conquest, where gameplay spaces are larger and where you have more natural fit for sandbox gameplay. EA has stated on their website, EA knows play the player count was reduced as they felt like each individual player's cartridge was reduced due to this year's intensity, of chaos during combat that comes with having 128 players on the map. As a result, squads and breakthroughs. Six- Breakthrough 364 have a better opportunity to work together to fight the enemy, place a spawn beacon, and use their placement menu to attach suppressors, then clear and hold a point. One squad is helping turn the tide. As an example, we believe that, mo- that the move to 64 players will bring back the pacing that helps celebrate these moments of teamwork and PTF-ing. And again, we'll be keeping a close eye on how changes will help improve the experience ahead of the start of Season 1. Other changes include weapon rebalancing with improved base recoil and specialist adjustments such as Angel no longer being able to grant armor plates, each with a supply bag, and Irish fortification system recharge time being reduced from 25 seconds to 20 seconds. So, yeah, remember that game? <laughs> uh, yeah, 2042 has not done well, so, yeah. Maybe they should focus on making fixes. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, I haven't played the game, so I don't know anything going on about it. I don't know how the community's reacted to it. And finally, to top this all off, Daredevil is coming back. According to Variety, Covert Affairs duo Matt Corman and Chris Ord are attached to Ryan Executive Reduce the series that will once again bring the manware out fear into the moral fold. So... Yeah, considering we've seen Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock and Vincent DeFano's Kingpin in their universe of the debate in the street-level Marvel universe of Netflix, it has been said throughout reports that, th- that the Daredevil series from Netflix will connect with with this with this Disney Plus version. I'm not 100% certain if that's going to be the case. But we'll see. Even Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist will also have to be recanonized into the series because, well, the Defenders happen. Therefore, Daredevil Season 4 can't happen unless you have the Defenders. So that would mean every show is canon again. So we'll have to see on this. We'll have to see where that goes. I'm glad to see Charlie Cox come back to play Daredevil again after his return in no way home sadly he did not don the suit which would have been awesome but they did imply that they did get the indication that yes this is daredevil still he's not pre-lawyer daredevil he's just a very damn good lawyer so there's also been rather but there's also been speculation suggesting that they'll make appearances in She-Hulk, which centers around the legal world, or Echo, which has a con- who has a connection with the Kingpin and who also shot the Kingpin. And in the comics, he shot him in the face, and she, Echo, shot him in the face, and uh, he ended up blind for a while. So uh, have fun with that. Plus, Charlie Cox showing up to be a- to be his lawyer self with She-Hulk would be fun. So, get ready for anything that might happen. The trailer that came out last week, that was awesome, along with David Otago coming back. (laughs) Uh, Also, I would like to see Luke Cage come back, because my culture was awesome and I met the guy. Then, two weeks later, his show got cancelled. Yeah, that was an awkward day. Awkward two weeks. So... Yeah, Daredevil's back. Let's see if the other characters in the Netflix MCU side of things will come back. We'll have to see. Not 100% guaranteed on that, but we'll have to see as the time goes on and as the Daredevil series takes roots, will it continue to be its gritty, dark show with the uber-violence, or will it instead be reduced down to Disney-level content in order to be suitable for everybody, even though it would be a tonal whiplash? But we'll have to see. This was Neo Reality Collective host, Eric Brown. Stay tuned for this last ad break and outro. We'll see you all again next time. Take care and have a good day. And be sure to take care of yourselves in the midst of these trying times.
0: Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels, such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa.